Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is part two of the Distraction Pieces podcast, episode 100. So episode 100 is a two-parter. So is it episode 100 and 101? No, it's not. It's 100.0 and 100.1 or something like that. I don't know. But thank you for tuning in. Uh, SpeechVillamandRecords.com. That's all I'm going to do to plug that because I plugged it a load in the last one. I'm now going to go through the the, the, the second... F- of 50 guests because it means a lot to get to 100 and i'm sorry that this is the longest and most rambling intros that we've had but you know it means the world and next week um i should mention now we're going to have i've not recorded them yet but we're going to have some drunk casts and anyone who's, who's listened to the drunk cast which is me my mate chris and my mate Stu, we have a drink and we talk about things that have been in the news or films or music or things that we've been up to personally or stories that we've got and we get drunk while we're doing it and the first one was meant to be one or two episodes long and ended up being five the the second one was three episodes long so i don't know how long it'll be or how many it'll be but there's drunk cast to come so enjoy that right episode 51 was my birthday special with so it was released on my birthday which is the same date as the book comes out this year august 3rd and it was with my mum and dad and it meant the world because I wanted to have a podcast with them and discuss them splitting up because we live in a world today where people seem to put so much pressure on the traditional family setup that if it doesn't work, then you've, you've failed your family in some way. My parents split up and it was for the best for everyone. It's, it, it's, it's, I wouldn't be as happy a person as I am now if they'd stayed together, I don't think. Um, so I wanted to discuss that. And also, it, I mean, that was a probably the most emotional podcast I've been involved in because we talk, I talked to my dad for the first time about the day he came and told us he was he was leaving and I think as a kid it was the first time I saw him cry and that's a huge thing with your old man kind of thing they're, they're the big strong strong hero and to see them suddenly frail and weak is, is weird and it was an emotional podcast and we both teared up a bit in it so yeah that was episode 51 and then I had a two part Greenpeace podcast special was it three part it might have been a three parts special with greenpeace um and that was amazing because that was um with ben ben and frank and it was talking about the arctic emission where they got taken and put in russian prison and didn't think they were ever going to get out so that's kind of amazing next up was dr susie gage who i'm glad that's come up because she now has her own podcast on the network which in part one i forgot to thank you all for um, it's called Say Why to Drugs, and it launched a couple of weeks ago now. There's a new episode up now. Oh, no, a new episode up tomorrow. I'm, I'm thinking of the dates. Yeah, there should be a new episode up up tomorrow. And it went straight in at number... It was the number one science and medicine podcast on iTunes, and was it got as high as number seven in the full iTunes chart. So considering it was the first episode of a podcast that it, that, that it got to number seven in the iTunes chart was absolutely amazing. Um, and you guys are completely responsible for that. It's given so much weight and power to this, this Distraction Pieces Network. So thank you for that. But check it out. They're called Say Why to Drugs. And each episode, it's Susie. And for the first five episodes, it's Susie and me. And I ramble a lot on them. But please bear in mind that, that, that Susie is new to podcasts. So... And I'm, I've been doing them a long time. So, so there was an element of me taking the lead more than I, 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 I would do just, just on those first few to kind of ease it all into it and get the facts in smoothly. So, yeah. Um, and it's picking a different recreational drug each week and breaking down the facts about it. 
dispelling the myths. It's not pro-drugs, it's not anti-drugs, it's pro-fact and anti-myth, essentially. So yeah, next up was Hugh Stevens, who we talk about in this episode with Dan, and then I had a mortician on called Carla Valentine, who's absolutely amazing, and also features in the book. Frank Carter of Gallows and Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes was up next. That's one of my albums of the year. I had a dream about Frank Carter last night, actually, Um, and I, I declared how he was my that Frank Carter and the, and the Rattlesnakes album was my album of the year so far. Weird. Then we had Tall Dark Friend, who, I mean, I'm not taking full credit f- for this, but Tall Dark Friend is um, a young lady f- who lives in Tilbury, or from Tilbury, which is up the road from me, and was was born physically, or with the f- the, the physical attributes of a male, and has gone through yeah is 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 a transgender individual but since then she only bowled onto the voice and became hugely famous and was part of team paloma and absolutely smashed it and yeah amazing so that was a good one tom davis was up next who was hilarious andrew shim from this is england and Ruth romeo brass and everything was fantastic garth ennis my favorite probably my favorite comic book writer and the writer of preacher which the series has started recently, and I'm going to tell you what I think about that on next week's Drunk Cast, because I need to talk to about it with Chris. Um, P- Preston from The Ordinary Boys was next. He was absolutely an absolute delight. Um, Brett Goldstein and John Drever were up next, who were... That was, was, was one of my favourites as well, because that was just sitting down with mates and having a laugh and taking the piss. Up next was Roots Maneuver, which I was hugely proud of because he's a legend. Tom Robinson, two-parter there, was absolutely amazing. Again, a lot of that has made it into the book because he's such an inspirational and crazy story. Um, Akala, another one that's, damn, that kid can talk and is intelligent. So made a lot in there. Then Adam Buxton, which was a massive one because I went on Adam's show. He came on, on my show. So that was great. Then we had the live Distraction Pieces podcast, the first one, part one and part two at the Leicester Square Theatre. And that was great fun, and you guys were amazing, and I can't wait to get back there on August 3rd. Then Chris Jericho, that was massive. I actually recorded one with Jericho for his podcast as well, and he keeps telling me it's going to be out soon. It's been months, so I don't know if he lost it or didn't record it, but I have a word with him. Richard Herring was up next. I then had Kurt Sutter on. Two part. Uh, Richard Herring was great, and I did his podcast as well. There was a good period there where I was doing everyone else's podcast, and they, as they were doing mine, Kurt Sutter part one and two. That was great. John Osborne, who was absolutely fantastic and a beautiful young man. Then I had Dale Vince from Ecotricity, and that was a green special, and it was fascinating. And it, I switched instantly over to to Ecotricity. Um, so that's the electricity and gas that I've got now, and it's green, and yeah, it's amazing. Then the next five were me, Chris and Stu getting drunk. And it's the first time a lot of you met any of those guys. And I'm annoyed at how well it went down because they're my mates, but they're fucking idiots and you shouldn't enjoy them so much. After that was Itch, which was fantastic from King Blues. Then I did a fan questions one. Then was Robin Ince, which was amazing. And Jason Reed, who has a podcast that the first one, is out very soon. It's called Stop and Search. It's on the Distraction Pieces Network. It's about it's a panel podcast about drug law prohibition. And one of the first guests is Robin Ince, who I just mentioned. Up next was um, Kieran Gillen and, and Jamie McKelvey. That was an amazing comic book nerd one. Then we had Jim Smallman of Progress Wrestling, who also has a podcast now on the Distraction Pieces Network called Tuesday Night Jaw, which is going down a treat, so check that out. 
I'm almost done, I swear. Saul Williams was next. Amazing. Riker, absolutely amazing. That's where we, we launched the Scroobius Pip toy. We then had the Safe Housing for Women special with Mira that was heartbreaking but amazing. Stephen Graham, who I absolutely adore, yeah, is a wonderful man and a dear, dear friend now. We then had a Leap UK special, which are the people that Jason Reed works with. Blind by the Rubber Bandits was amazing. Georgina Campbell was one of my favourite episodes because it's amazing when it's someone you meet for the first time and they're just so engaging and so easy to talk to. So that was great fun. Then we had a three-part drunk podcast and then a Your Questions podcast and then Carl Barrett and then Ed Scrine, a two-part episode of Ed Scrine that went down an absolute treat um, and gave everyone a new life mantra. Then Michael Soccer, who was just delightful, Kathy Burke, that one's gone down a treat and has, 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 has spawned a few memes, which is always exciting to see. Then we had Izzy Sooty, who was just delightful um, and one of the best opening conversations we've ever had. Then Will Ospreay, who's a wrestler who wrestles one weekend in Japan in front of 11,000 people and then is back working on a building site in Essex a couple of days later. So that was an amazing one and went down a treat. And then last week... God, I'm getting a dry mouth. That was exhausting. We had David Earl and Joe Wilkinson, who David Earl has the character of Brian Gittins and Cumbo and numerous others. He's hilarious. Joe Wilkinson is on 8 out of 10 Cats Does Countdown and was Dan in Him and Her. And they wrote a series called Rovers, which is getting rave reviews um, at the moment. It's a new comedy. And it's great. It's it, it's hilarious. So, oh, God damn, that's the 100. And thank you all for tuning in. I, I, I feel I went... I shouldn't have started that, but I started it, and it's happened now. And also, of course, as I mentioned in part one, um, it's worth mentioning again that um, our guest at We Are Lizards this month, my club night at the book club on June 25th, Saturday, June 25th, is none other than Dan Lassac. So come down and hang out with both myself and Mr. Lassac, and we'll play all the best songs, all the best tunes. We'll have our residence there. It'll be a wonderful party as ever. Come on down, see you then. It'll be great. Let's get into the podcast, eh? This is part two with Dan Lassac. And we're rolling on part two now. Part two, mate. So two. there's been a drink top up. And yeah, I only went with half a glass. I don't want don't to yeah. waste too much fizzy pop. Exactly. I'm it's, very limited in the amount I'm allowed. You've got to do that. You've got to do that. Um, so so where do we get to? We got to us kind of starting together, essentially. Um, mm. uh, so you'd built a MySpace page, because that's kind of interesting how, how we very much learnt on the job. And yeah. I think that's essential. Like I mentioned in the other half, that there's been points I've not been happy with, or there's been things that a label have done that I felt, oh, that wasn't quite right. That's not an insult to anyone. That's us learning on the job. And yeah. are we very much the first? So you'd remixed a couple of my tracks, or, or one of my tracks, and then you did a couple more and said, look, yeah. let's do a Lissat versus Pip so did, I did, MySpace um, page. Thousand words. Yep. Straight off the bat. And yeah. that was just like an edit of the full yeah. track, yeah. just chopped up with a B. And then what, Angles was in those first Angles four? and First Time We Met Music, first I think, were the music. first four, wasn't it? And that was, uh, 
That had these samples of a band, like a math rock. Cats and cats, and cats. cats and cats and cats and yeah. cats and cats and cats and cats and we never got to use that version because no, we didn't I, get that I really enjoyed that version I did too I did and then we did another version that we released on a that was something. for Sage yeah the US uh, which was exclusive. rad as well I was yeah. really glad we did that but yeah I remember that I remember getting kind of annoyed because we couldn't get it cleared and it was like oh man that's, mm. that sounded cool I really enjoyed that one yeah I was more annoyed about not getting that cleared than the Radiohead thing yeah yeah, Radiohead felt like it was never going to get cleared anyway, and then it, and then, we and did. then it did, which was absolutely insane. So yeah, I, I, I mean, on that respect, so we, it's weird because it feels like we had these long careers before we got together, but as we've discussed, we didn't at all really. Mm. Like your first gig was my first gig, but we were separate, and well, then we, had- we soon started doing gigs. Like we were doing gigs gigs separately. I was still gigging about doing spoken word and with my my ghetto yeah. blaster and and with the a six foot two inch pianist at times and things yeah. like that and but we were we had long careers yeah just in our imagination yeah yeah we we you know a lot of work to get there we all that work before mm. we released thou shout yeah was our careers we yeah. might have had to have real jobs and didn't actually tell anyone we had yeah. careers but you know at exactly that, that. Point, and 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 so let's kind of let's tell the story of of Thou Shout, I guess. I'd kind of... I'd written Thou Shout as a spoken word piece and it, I'd purely written it as a tool to kind of use at, spoke, at open mics that yeah. I could... I've got this structure. I can add something specific to something that's happened in the news that day yeah. or even I had one... The open mic... I like the line, Thou shall not go to an open mic and leave after you've done your first poem or song, yourself self-righteous prick, was because of someone who had been put in the second half of Poetry Unplugged um, at the Poetry Cafe, and he'd been put in the second half, and he was all grumpy because he'd had to sit through the first half. <laughs> and then he got up and did his... And his poem wasn't even a poem. He'd, he'd translated a poem from Latin, which, that's dope. I don't know how to do that. Congratulations, mate. But still, but, my ignorant mind was like, you've not even written a poem, mate. You just got up and yeah. fucking translated something. And he, he, he finished... like me to literally up. walked from the stage out the door. Um didn't even give the illusion of going to the toilet or sitting down. Yeah, like went, Thanks, guys. A, Fuck off. A spoken word night and just doing, like, biggie lyrics. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, Isn't, cool. There's, it's poetry. It's great, but... But come on. And he was really grumpy and posh. And I was up last, I think, not through any credit or, or known. It was just the, the luck of the yeah. draw. And I did Thou Shout and I added that th- 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 should not go to an open mic and leave as soon as you yeah. don't that's why it's shitty little poem or song because it was yeah. in that version it was a shitty little poem but I changed it to poem or song from the track because it's more it's more relatable and, and yeah. marketable particularly oh. at the time poetry wasn't very big yeah. Um, but yeah I'd had that kind of half written and you sent me a beat that I loved and I went upstairs to my, my bedroom at my mum's house masturbated first obviously and masturbated always always no that's what I was downstairs doing um, <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so so I went upstairs and um and wrote the vocal or adjusted the vocal and added the just a band bit which was yeah. new and recorded it and sent it back to you and that was all in the time it took you to watch 40 year old virgin I think it was twice twice there you go I watched it twice so it's like a film yeah it's, it's I, cracking. I used to do that I, in, I, I didn't have a, a studio we had a coffee table yeah I'd sit on the, on the sofa and I'd put a film on in the background so there was like something happening in the yeah. room and then I just headphone on laptop yeah. in front of Dang. me and that laptop that laptop survived a long fucking time yeah. man it's still it's over there now like 
it's the case just falls yeah. off it at random and stuff but just falling yeah. apart but, but but that's how thou shout came out and then we put that on myspace and then and it, it blew up from there yeah i had ed scrine on the podcast the other mm. week who was ajax in deadpool Mm-hmm. Um, and is amazing. He's a, he was, he's a rapper as well. He's a really good dude. And in his house, he had some photography by who was the guy that pushed Thou Shout on MySpace a lot? He was a skinhead photographer. Oh, God. It's um, Ian something. Yes. Um, he's like from High Wycombe. Yeah. Did a load of punk stuff. It was just weird. He had this picture and he was like, oh, it's by this guy. I was like, fuck, that guy was one we, of the first we to... We met him yeah. at, at a Reading show. Yeah. I can't remember his name. But really good photographer and and really good. Listens, I feel like he might still be. And that was it. So we put our shout up, and he was someone that pushed it. Had a bit of a following, and there was a few different people who started to push it off MySpace. Yeah, and then at that point, again, by chance, I'd been. I think I'd done a couple of gigs with with Jack Penyate, and one I'd I'd opened for Kate Nash at a gig with Ollie, and then we got booked to do the Kate Nash launch thing, and then we did a gig. For John Kennedy we with did, Adele and Jack Pena and us. We did a gig. That's a fucking that's a lineup, Matt. I know, and I, wasn't Adele on first? I think she might have been. I can't yeah. remember. I know Jack was. I'm sure Jack was headlining. So Jack, I think it was yeah. Adele and then us, and then Jack. Yeah. And that was more, I think, because that's a good flow. Like Adele oh, with yeah, an acoustic yeah. guitar was a beautiful opener. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think a that was more. Girl. Yeah, just, just amazing. Full stop, man. Um, God love her. So we actually did a gig. We you were doing a gig with Dan Sartain, yeah, and Dan Sartain pulled out. Yeah, that's right. And I was promoting that. You were promoting. I was that. promoting that. I think. I think I'd booked him. That's right. So we did a gig together, and that was the same place that I'd opened for Kate Nash. That was the Fly Bar, the Fly in in New Oxford Street, which is now called something like Housden or something. Yeah. So and that was I was I'd booked Dan Sartain there, and. Cancelled, and I wasn't a promoter. I just decided I'm going to try and yeah. book stuff. I tried to book Dose One at Plastic People, and I'd failed on all these things. But I booked him, and then it didn't happen. And I hit you up, yeah. And that was kind of our first, or yeah, yeah another another gig together. Mm. So we, but that we, we did. You performed, yeah, and then we did like two a songs. couple of songs together, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then I the went new on perform, and did yeah. the thing, yeah. Because you performed with Ollie, that's yeah, right. Yeah, and that's then I right. came up and we did angles and yeah. maybe something else. There was a girl called Amy in the crowd. Yeah. I only ever met her there. But it was weird because she was like our biggest fan. Right. Yet never saw her after that day. But for like six months, she just would post stuff on, yeah. on MySpace and like tell everyone. Yeah, and then vanish. I, I just found it really weird. Like, a bitch. Just wonder where, oh, where she went. Where the fuck did she go? I know, man. Stick around. But I, I, I find it fascinating that I remember what she looks like. Yeah. I remember her name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Strange. So we did that. Um, and then John Kennedy played Dash Always Kill on the yeah. old radio. So we built, I said, we'd, again, people say, oh, why is it versus? There wasn't any th- thought that went into it. I think uh, you built our MySpace page, right? MySpace and it was page, just, that's that it. Stuff just, up. Dynamite versus Ruby yeah. Skip, and John Kennedy played it, and then it all went nuts from there. And that was and Thou Shout again. We should be clear is the first song we wrote together, or, or yeah, I wrote yeah, over yeah. one of your things. There was a few songs that you'd put my vocal over your beat, or I'd you know things like that, or yeah. or there was an established beat that I'd then written to. But that was the first one that you went. I've made this. Think you'll like it, right? Yeah. I can make this work. And that was such a weird beat for us mm. as well. Like when you listen to it in context of everything, yeah, 
there's very few things like it. Yeah. In, in the whole... Of our, our catalogue. Catalogue, which is nice, man. Yeah. And that that beat was just me trying to learn a synth. There's a synth in the... The software we used the whole time was Ableton. Mm-hmm. Um, still very good to this day. Yeah. Like, I was like Ableton 3 and we're Ableton 9 now. Mm-hmm. But they released a synth called um, Operator, <laughs> which is like a kind of late 80s, early 90s frequency modulated synthesizer. Wow. And I was just trying to learn how to make sounds with it. Yeah. You know? And I just turned on Albany, did that ding, dong, dong noise, and I was like, huh? okay. And then like tweaked and tweaked. And then it, there was a whole song there in yeah. the space of a couple of hours. And like, like we always say it was written in a few hours, and it literally was. Yeah. I sent it to you, you sent it back, and it, it was done. It was done. And then I spent six weeks trying to learn how to mix. And, 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 and then again, we sent one copy to John Kennedy. We then sent more out, but it was John yeah. that... It still annoys me a little bit to this day that... John doesn't he, get the credit. He, no, that he didn't let us, us fucking know he was going to play it, because I didn't get to hear our first first bit of airplay. True, I, I thought true. that's how it worked. I thought you sent something. They went, I would like to play that. I will be playing it. And obviously, that's yeah, not yeah, how it yeah. works. They don't even... You can find it anywhere and play. I've now done a radio show and not told anyone about any of the shit I'm playing, but it was, it? it was a shame at the time that I was like, oh, man, to the, that to happened. To the extent that, like, someone played... Um, uh, Edith Bowman played a Portishead track the other day yeah. that I don't know who she works for now is it Absolute right. one of those it's not it's not yeah, BBC maybe is it not? yeah maybe not and uh, Virgin Virgin, Virgin that's it and uh, it, they played an illegal leak of brilliant. the track brilliant <laughs> it's just like so you, A you're not even going to tell the artist you're playing it and I'm, B you're going to play it illegally I had Danny Smooth. Brown on the beat down mm. um, and I played a track that I'd found on a blog that morning <laughs> um, that was his and I was like oh I've got your new track blah 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 I was like what and I was like ah oh, so this is this, like so what's it called and I'm like this this is like he'd never heard it he then went on, on to reveal and this is one of my my, my, my favourite lines ever he was like oh yeah yeah I was, he's this guy and I was round his house we were barbecuing drinking smoking doing rapper shit <laughs> which I just loved just doing rapper shit and he was hammered and recorded this track and forgotten about it. No way. So I played it exclusively to him for the first time. <laughs> Not only was it a worldwide radio exclusive, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was an exclusive to the guy who fucking wrote it and is on it. Um, but yeah, that shows how little you yeah, get, yeah. get permission or clear stuff. But yes, yeah, so John it's played right. it and very shoot, played shortly it twice, after, then. yeah, and, and, and very sh- shortly after, Rob the Bank played it and started pushing it, and, Z- and Zane Lowe got on board, and we kind of had. It's funny because Zane always gets crew. the credit. Yeah. Of those three. And much love him. Don't, yeah. don't get me wrong, but he didn't. He wasn't. He, he didn't was... play at first, but he definitely he, John he took Kennedy. it to the audience. Zane had the power to take things yeah. to a new audience, which I was thinking this the other day, is, is there's not a Zane anymore. And that sounds harsh, because there's still Hugh, who's fucking Hugh's amazing yeah. and killing it. But Zane, for some reason, his show had that weird audience that could be metalers. Or anything, yet they'd, the, 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 they'd take whatever he fed them. Essentially, it was a lot that of the time, seven o'clock starts. Yeah. So you still had commercial listeners on, yeah. and you yeah. had the the more obscure listeners getting on for the evening. Yeah, because that's what when you think of where Hughes' show used to be, that yeah. was meant as the indie, and and by indie, I mean like DIY yeah. slot. Yeah, you know, obviously he he his personality allows him to do. Yeah 
full-on commercial stuff because yeah. it's just one it's of just the lovely, human just beings on the planet. Oh, oh when I had, a, I had him on the podcast, my favourite part was learning that as a kid he was a magician <laughs> and he's Welsh and he had the magician name of Houdini. <laughs> which is the perfect name for a, a, a Welsh magician. I want him to go back to being a magician immediately because Houdini is just, just absolutely... Oh, I love it. God but, love um, Stevens. Yeah. I don't, I, it's all really weird, isn't it? And then we got Mike Salmon, so Mike Cracked. Yeah. Or Mike Rack, or I think occasionally he's known as Mickey the Fish oh. nowadays. Oh. Mickey the Fish. But he, obviously, he's like, you know... He was working in music. He was distributing for a really shady vinyl distributor. <laughs> like, really shady. Uh, yeah, I shouldn't go into how shady, but so shady. <laughs> Let's keep the shady in the same. Um But, like, he had kind of... He knew a director. I was going to say, that's an absolutely key point, is, is Nick through Nick through And yeah. th- through Mike and... and yeah, and who- Mike had just been talking to him about... He had a, this group of people who he wanted to do a music video with, and they hadn't, they didn't know what they wanted to do. And he, Mike, showed him the track, and Nick was excited. And then Nick's, I've never seen Nick not excited. He's, a, he's a lovable, he's excitable, a very guy. exciting man. Excitable but that was man. a beautiful thing because he did have this team of just creative people. Well, this is tons of it was filmed in like squat type places that people yeah. were staying in, and all that. And they just built these amazing sets and all this. And we, had, it was two hundred quid, wasn't it? 200 quid. It was 200 quid. Um, that was 200. And they just did um, amazing things with it. The X Factor spoof was 186. That's right, because they sh- uh, shot that and did, yeah. Yeah. And made all of that for us. And then they beat also did, they did the Beat them, like a grand or something. I think the Beat Mars was a grand. Because we wanted to actually pay them and we had a label who would pay for it. Who would, who would pay for it at that point. And yeah, and, and they did all of them. The, they did the Look for the Woman video, which again, there's a, yeah. there's a scene in that which is my absolute f- favourite, and it doesn't stand out at all, but I loved it because, of again, it was that whole, whole low-budget thing of where the girl in it... Is it the girl? Yeah, the girl is, is walking along, and I'm stood in the doorway, yeah. and then I go out of shot, and as they come round the corner, I'm then stood on the corner. Yeah. And the fact is, on that, I had to climb over two fences with <laughs> angel wings on in a suit and run, and I stood on the corner just looking casual. I was totally out of breath, because it was. As soon as I was out of shot, it was like, go! It was like, because it yeah, was just yeah, behind yeah. camera jumping over stuff, and that's what was amazing about Nick Frew and all of his two. There was a guy Henry. He made who never wore cry, pants. Though, um, Nick doing yeah. that video. Why? Because like shooting the bit where I appear on the TV screen. Yeah, it's just me and Nick in a room. Oh shit! Yeah, dark room. That, yeah. And I'm just singing that over and over again. I end up proper balling, man. Oh, wow, proper balling. It was one of those, and we like hugged, it. and it was emotional. Yeah, and all that. But yeah. Good to cry. See, but the video was absolutely key because that, that's what got us an audience all over the world kind of thing, it felt. Yeah, the video man. of MySpace was why... It was before YouTube was shit Yeah, and, well. and within our first year, really, we got to play in Europe, <coughs> in America, and Japan was probably Japan within was the first year, wasn't it? Was it 2008? So, yeah, within a year and a half, yeah, really, of all that... 2009, maybe, but I don't know. Of all that... That kicking off and we were up for an MTV award in Japan, which I always forget, but we were up for an MTV yeah. Music Award, which we were never there for. And never I'm sure we didn't know about it until after it happened. It was like yeah. Oh, here's 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 your nomination in best dance video or something. Yeah. It was like what? Oh, really? Shit. Yeah. Um But like the Thou Shout video like is a reflection of shit we did 
throughout our entire career. Mm. In, and, and that was this thing of finding passionate people yeah. and finding people. We very rarely went to a big company to yeah. get something done. Yeah. We found someone where us giving them the money to do it actually benefited them. Because they wanted to do it. And, wanted wanted to be. To do it. and again, it's also, as you said, as soon as we had budgets, it was like, right, we can spend some money on you now and it. pay people and yeah. do that. And it, and that's kind of the beauty of, there's obviously often a lot of debate of people asking for anything for free. You know, mm. it's such a weird area. Oh, I went out Amanda Palmer on the podcast. It was just after she had had tons of shit because she'd asked if there were any um, st- string orchestras who wanted to come and play with her. Yeah. Because she wasn't paying them. It was all this, well, everyone has their fees and all this, which is fair, but... Equally, I think you shouldn't shame people if they if they want to do something and it's a creative yeah. adventure. We weren't making anything from it either at the time and all mm. this. We were losing money at gigs and God trying God. our best to break even. Um, early gigs, uh, uh, are there any that, that jump out to you or you remember? Because I struggle, man. I struggle. I remember a couple in Reading. Yeah, the cool. Reading ones I remember more because I generally promoted them. You put them on and well. made them happen. No, so I was fucking <laughs> working my ass off. Yeah. But we knocked about a lot and did. I we said, did I mean, so that one at many. the social with Adele and Jack Pignani, yeah. that's 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 a crazy. We did a couple I of those for John about it now. as well, which was rad. Let's talk about touring with Mark Mark Ronson because that often gets yeah, forgotten yeah. and pushed under. He, and he was amazing because he he asked us to and and, yeah. and supported us and gave us a good push and and you know and and and, and it, was all it's over. Weird it. actually, if you email him, yeah. he responds. Yeah. Like, I haven't emailed him in a few years, but yeah. I'm assuming he's yeah. still with yeah, respond. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, he had a huge amount of success, but um, there was no fucking, well, you, you can't talk to me now. There's yeah, no, that was no. the cool thing was... Never he, felt there he, was any pretension. He came along to our album uh, launch drinks at 93 Feet East. He did, yeah. And it was only a few of us and mates, and we'd mentioned it to him. Yeah. And I think he was on his, genuinely, he was on his way to, to go and do something with Amy Winehouse. Exactly. And just yeah. stop by for a beer. And it's like, that's a fucking good dude. That. Yeah. But that was a really good good learning curve because it, it was suddenly going, right, you've got a big audience there, but they're not there for you. And mm. particularly when we came out, there was, was no one else like us. And I don't mean that in a, we're amazing, but oh there God. was no one else like us. It was like, it was a very odd thing. A big bearded man doing spoken word we, and you there kind of glitching things up and not having a, a guitar and drums and everything else. We have else. to accept the fact that we had a far bigger career than we fucking should have. Yeah, would have expected. Like, write down what we are. Well, they kind of do electronic hip-hop, yeah. but it's not out-and-out dancey, it's not out-and-out hip-hop. And then there's a guy who, he's going to, He's going to talk about suicide a bit. Yeah. And, like, cutting yourself. It will come up. Also, Massage. He's yeah. going to rap about Massage. That Massage track was a banger, man. On that on that first proper headline tour we had when we took a living room. They're going to have a living room. I did I did the Massage track and I nicked that, that coat thing from Slava. Slava from Snow, Slava Snow, Slava Snow, Snow Show, Snow which Show. I fucking adore. I and it was just so much Slava weird Slava shit. Snow Show was the name of his show. Yeah, it's Slava's Lovely. Snow Show. Yeah, he's yeah, Slava Pulinovic no, or something. I thought Snow Show was a weird surname yeah, it's for a weird long surname. time. But yes, but again, it was kind of dope because quite early we were able to do a headline tour where we had a right. set and a stage and we yeah. sold out. We um, didn't have to have a set and a stage. We wanted a set and yeah, a stage. but we could. I mean, yeah, that was kind of the important thing. And we bought it all from charity shops. We I went did. charity shops. Sh- shopping with Jim 
and we loaded the van up with like a, a living yeah. room cabinet. It was a fucking TV. A TV. A giant TV, man. A TV which we wired up to have stuff come on to, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Because it was a camera. We got a little uh, radio transmitter and like an RF converter thing. And Salman Jim just just, just, just built all of that and knocked it all out weird, didn't he? And we had a tiny little camera on On a lamp uh, on my desk. Yeah. That was funny, man. And yeah, so that was all kind of... That was for Tommy Cooper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tommy C. Tommy Tommy C. C. Um... Because, and again, a lot of the stuff that I got credit for early on, performance-wise, because for that one, I went behind the desk as if I was mm-hmm. a newsreader and did that. Yeah. It's because our career was happening so quick, I didn't have time to learn the lyrics. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and Thou Shout, like having the big book, it's because Thou Shout got big, and because it's not a narrative or it's a, li- a load of things, it's really hard to remember what order they'd be in and things like that. Yeah. As odd as it sounds if you know the song well, but when no one knew the song well, it's a tough thing to get that. It's easier yeah. if it's, here's a story, it's going to go in this order, it makes sense. I so still don't know it. The, the reason I had the, the big Bible was because I didn't know it. The reason I sat behind the desk for Tommy C was and pretended to be a news reporter and have papers in front of me was because I had the you fucking can read it. A, a lyrics in front of me. A letter from God to man, I'll get a letter out. I'm reading the lyrics. All of this, yeah. this creativity was like, shit, our career's happening and we've got this fan base who, yeah. who want a certain thing but we're not... We didn't have, have have the money to go, right, we're going to spend f- three months in a studio practising. It was like, no, we need to take the gigs and I work hard and do the gigs. early on in our career. Right. I got really fat <laughs> in those first couple of years. It's because I had to wear bigger and bigger T-shirts so you could have all the lyrics yeah, on, on the back. Yeah, I could have all the lyrics on you? the back just, that was, just covering out. Yeah. Oh, I got so but fat. That, but, but that was like the first tour that... And again, we... We must have done the Scala, I guess, on that one as our first yeah, London Scala. big headline. And that's again, that's a big, big venue to kick things off at. Um, like and I remember the one in Reading because someone brought a toilet along. They did, yeah. Um, at the Reading Arts Centre, wasn't it? Is it called South the Arts Street Centre? Arts Centre. The South Street yeah. Arts Centre, that's right. And again, the thing on that tour was we, like, we built a living room with a lampshade and a coat rack and TV and, TV and cabinets yeah. and an armchair. And one of the things I w- had was like an ornaments cabinet. We yeah, kind of yeah, said, yeah. look, bring ornaments along and we'll pop them in the cabinet. So by the end of the tour, we'll have a load of ornaments and it'll it'll be all all lovely. And at Reading, someone decided to bring a fucking toilet toilet along, an actual porcelain toilet, which we didn't make it into the van. We we, We left it on the street. I always feel bad about that. It It was there for fucking months, though. (laughs) Because I used to go to South Street Art Centre a lot and I was really glad we did the show there. Yeah. Because although it's council-owned, they were good people, man. Yeah, and they it was were a conscious really good people. Choice, like we hit them up and requested that, or, yeah, or yeah. we said to our agent we, could we wanted have done to play there. The Fez, and it would have been fine. But it's all about good people, man. Yeah. If you get to support good people in some way, shape, or form, mm-hmm. then you do, man. It's yeah. ridiculous not to. It's wise. It's a um, handy thing. But that toilet was there for fucking ages, <laughs> and like eventually someone broke it. Yeah. But then the broken bits of that... T- I, and I'd feel guilty. At the same time, it was really good every time yeah. I walked past it. Yeah. That weirdness. That's our toilet. Um, so, yeah. so And it's weird, because that, that first album, no no rhyme or reason or planning on, on the release. The first two singles were, were with Lex. Yep. So, Thou Shout and Beat Them Heart Skip were on yep. Lex Records, and we got this beautiful artwork done. It's funny, actually, because... We, like, we teamed up with reason, Jock Mooney through them. The reason... Beat that my heart skipped is has a break in the middle mm-hmm. is because of Lex. Is because yeah. they 
they like pushed it and you didn't want to you they said to just that have it. i was just too relentless it they said relentless, people man. need a break because that's really long and fast at the start it's just yeah. words there's no but, gap but, there's just words and, like, and i was reluctant were, but, but you but were reluctant, pushed it and i was cowardly Mm. I was in that place of like, oh, they're a record label. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah. God, they know, they know things. Yeah. So I did it, and then eventually you were happy. It was right, it was spot on. Because originally it was that intro just went straight into the verse, but then we mm. turned the intro to go into the chorus and then yeah. have a bit of a breath. But yeah, so we did that, and then we were, were talking to tons of big labels. We talked to Warner... And who were the ones that, that Kate Nash was on? Oh, it was Regal. Regal. Which is Parlophone. Parlophone. So Regal right. was um, the Salvation Army record right. label. Yeah. There you go. And it, they relaunched the label with Kate Nash. Yeah. Because she is our salvation. She is. Basically. Um, yeah, so that was Parlophone. And it's, I always find it funny because, like, we met Nigel Coxon, who was, like, the the big boy. Yeah. And he, I was reading, um, what the fuck is that book and what's that guy's name you wrote a book about the record industry I've no idea fuck it's a good book man uh, it's murder I, I think Peg is in the film of it oh really yeah how is it how to friend, make friends and influence people yeah yeah yes is that the book so what's his name um, no that might not be the no. book Fuck is it, it Niven? It's not Niven, is Niven. it? Niven. John Niven. Niven. John Niven. Yeah. Yeah. So, and he gets referenced in that yeah. book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was always weird, like, oh, that... He's great, John Niven. I think he hates me. I'm yeah. not certain. I know he hated, like, when uh, when uh, Ricky Hall was getting all that hate because he said some stupid stuff. Did he? He's I don't Wally. follow. He's adorable, but, the, like, the sun jumped on him because he did s- s- some interview. And it was, a, it was just... It was... It was a little while after I'd had him on the podcast, and when there was all, everyone was like, "He's, he's the devil. He's the epitome of Zoolander. He's the ultimate hipster, and all this." I was like, "Have a listen to the podcast because I talked to him for for ninety minutes, and he's just a nice boy. He's not yeah. necessarily Einstein, but he's just a nice boy." So what and did he say in the interview? They asked him where he gets his influence from, and he said, I, "I, you know, I end up taking my influence from anywhere, from from children to catwalks to, to homeless people." And the homeless oh. people aren't. It's it's not the best line, is it? I take influence from if he'd said the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he said homeless people, and and people were then like, that sounds like a Zoolander thing. It's disrespectful yeah. and all this. So he got shit on. And I think I was tweeting at the time about about just saying, look, if you want to think that, but have a listen to this. And I think I can't remember what it was. Oh, Something happened on Twitter at that point. Using, that Niven was using like, a news story to get podcast listens all fucking always mate all shit out but that's it I think it was more that that Niven felt I was a fellow ultimate hipster I'm not certain I can't, I can't even remember there was some kind of tweet I, because I follow him because I think he's he's, he's yeah. funny as fuck um, but yeah anyway that's that that's kind of gone off on a tangent but we it's met a load of people and we met we met someone at Warner and we met the the boss man there because Warner was the one we came closest to because yeah. they put an offer in and we were kind of all right with it. And it was decent money, and then we, it was good money. And then we m- met the guy, and he just got back from a meeting with L- Lincoln Park, I think it was. He had, no, and I remember thinking, oh, 
There was, was all hyped he's about 17. it. No, because that was it. No, when we that met him, it was a meeting with Linkin Park, and then there was a documentary about E17, and he was the one that signed them to make their comeback. Yeah, that's right. And it was all that. It was the Gallows. It wasn't Linkin. It was the Gallows. No, they'd signed the Gallows, and that's what had got us on board. That it definitely oh, yeah, just yeah. met with someone yeah. in America. But yeah, they threw a fuckload of, of, of money at Gallows, um, which was a crazy choice yeah. at the time for the music that they were making. Um, the music industry is fucking renegade at that time. Some, cause it's the, when Hadouken what, had got a ton of money, isn't it? And loads of people. Well, like, the amount of conversations we would we would have, we were lucky to meet a lot of those big labels. Yeah. But it also, there was a... The, knowing the amounts of money some acts that did one album then vanished got yeah. is why the industry is fucked. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Just, yeah. Like, it's the one thing... Like I'm really glad of. Yeah, we took a deal that was not even a tenth of what we could have taken from Warner, mm-hmm. and we got a decade out of it. Well, we were getting offered over over a hundred grand, wasn't it? I can't yeah. remember the exact numbers, but again, and we took, um, well, you know, but that was the thing. We kind of we had a few different labels all talking. We had Market Universal was absolutely publishing. lovely and uh, on the publishing front, yeah. and and. Simon at Sony, I think it was on the publishing as well at the same time, were both yeah. like really, they got it. And it that was the really interesting thing for, for me was we met a load of majors and a load of independents. Yeah. And I expected all the independents to get it and all the majors to not. And, not, and it wasn't the case. Yeah. Some yeah. of the independents were like, we want this to be the next Kano or something like that. And it's like, I think Kano's the bollocks, but that that this isn't what this, this. is. Um, yeah. And it was, yeah, there was kind of some weird things and it was weird that a few of the huge ones that we met were like, and the reference in that song that's 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 to an Eric B and Rakim song or, th- or things like that, yeah. it was like, oh shit, yeah. this, it wasn't that, so that funny, easy thing. I remember everyone, every time you bring someone up, I remember who that was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, that guy, yeah. I, I remember, I remember um, a meeting, like when we were in XL with Richard Russell yeah. And they were saying he he said in the first meeting, and again he won't mind, I'm sure. Um, I'm just I'm naming all names. I don't care anymore. Name job. Um, I'm a podcaster now. Um, <laughs> I went in a meeting with, with with Richard Russell, and he was like, "So, Dan Lassac versus Scroobius Pip, though, is that going to work? Why wouldn't we just go with the a rapper name, or why would yeah. the rap be first, or whatever?" And it was brilliant because I got to just point behind him as he had a massive frame poster of Eric B and Rakim, and it was like. There you go. We could have done that. And that kind of went, all that's right. That's the thing, man. That right, was the this. sticking point on yeah. them offering. They would have offered if we'd have yeah. agreed to Scroobius Pip. Yeah. And I'd fucking left it up to you. And I'm grateful. It was, I said it you... felt, and, and again, it, it, I don't think it was them being dicks in any way, but at that point, no, they had Jack Peñate, who wrote with a band, but it was Jack Peñate. They had Adele, who in wrote, a sense, again. In a sense, they were right. We have a shit name. We've got a terrible name. It was a MySpace name. But yeah, it was. It was. I, I can't remember. I, I'm. I'm. I'm loath to say that was. It was a done deal if we'd gone with Scroobius Pip. But it was certainly one of the bits that we were sticking on and discussing, and we kind of went. That, that it's Dan Lasset versus Scroobius Pip. Obviously, yeah. we only had a manager for that brief time. Yeah. Until later on, until, until Rebecca until came Rebecca's on and, and just did everything kicked for us. Into us. Line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he made it appear as if it was a done deal. Yeah. But yeah. like he had, he would have gained from that deal because yeah, he would have got money from that deal so but yeah so we were talking to a lot of people with a lot of money f- floating about and one of the people that we were going back to to get advice on different contracts and offers was rob the bank yeah. i remember specifically going well 
Warner are saying this. Is this a good deal? Yeah. And kind of, we were going to him for advice on this. And it was at that point we kind of went, well, let's just go with Rob DeBank uh, well, and go with I Sunday had, Best, right? Yeah, so I was still working at that, that big place in Waterloo. Yeah. And I snuck off. I'd arranged to talk to Robbie's manager. And when you say manager, everyone thinks evil manager. But Robbie's his manager best is mate. his best mate. Yeah like on this planet yeah. someone who will support him you know so, yeah. walk walk through fire for Robbie yeah. so Ben Turner yeah and Ben sat on the phone and we just had a chat about mm. all this stuff and like I think I sort of said well you know I'd, I'd rather do it with you lot and yeah. I don't think that it even crossed their mind yeah at that point yeah or because at that were, point they hadn't r- r- really signed proper acts they kind of put some remixes out and stuff like that and yeah, we were done a lot of not to be deep, but we were the band that kind of launched them as a label more they'd done not to put double pistols yeah like i think i don't know if that was their first album i don't know they they hadn't done but dub pistols again at that point were, weren't as much of a band as they are now they yeah. were more of a, a dj and thing as well yeah, and yeah. all this kind of thing and remix but like yeah so i don't think it crossed their mind to do yeah. it and and, they, and again, in in respect, I mean, we're standing there saying how we took a lot a lot less than we could have got. They also were like, right, are we going to now be a label? Do you know what I mean? Is is, yeah. is a big risk on a, a risk on both parts? I guess is all well, I'm that, trying to say. You, then you think it's uh, not like we did them this great favour of allowing them the grace yeah, no. of releasing our music? And they three, did. A, three they did us a great favour of fucking investing. Yeah, you know, they wangled with a distributor to get. They took a worse deal off yeah. a distributor to get more money to actually promote to the it, fucking yeah. record, you know. And we had a fucking billboard, didn't we? We had a billboard. A couple of them. Or was it only one? There was definitely one in, had, in, in, in yeah. Shoreditch. In I East never London. saw it. I saw a picture a of it. Yeah. yeah. We had a fucking billboard up, mate. It's crazy. But that's the thing. Like, again, it comes back to that people working together to mm-hmm. get something done instead of it being machines. Yeah. You know. Um, so, yeah, that I kind always of... Find that that fascinating as well. Like, I, I wear it as a badge of pride that we chose the right label mm-hmm. over the right amount of money. Yeah, I would. My life would be different now. I would mm-hmm. own my own home mm-hmm. if we'd gone a different way. Yeah. You know, but I'd own my own home if I worked as hard as you have. You've right. worked harder than me. I, I, I accept that. Um, I'm also, it's tough. It's different. I'm also cooler it's and a better lover. It's different. So, you know. It's different areas, isn't it? Because I definitely say for a lot of our, particularly when we were a managerless, there was a big split, or, or we were both aware of what our strengths were. You mm. know, I mean, there was a lot, particularly just music industry stuff that y- you knew way better than me. Yeah. And I'd kind of like, as long as you were okay with doing that, as long as yeah, it didn't yeah. feel as if I was saying, "Oh, you deal with all that," it was like, yeah. as long as you were all right with it, I was like, "Well." you know what you're doing now. I haven't yeah. got a fucking clue what they're talking about. So no, yeah. I, and it's that thing of like the way my brain works. I pick this stuff up in really quick. I can't, yeah. I can't write a, a whole song of lyrics, but you know, as soon as some, someone puts a contract in front of me, yeah. I can read it and go, go through it. All of oh, okay. All that, so that yeah. means that, that means that. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. They get off children. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. No, we don't want this one. Let's, you know, let's avoid that one. But like, yeah. So I definitely, definitely feel like I worked for the band. Yeah. And, like, there were occasional times where I'd feel like, in that early time when we were 
recording the record, but you were still doing Scroobius Pip stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I did quotation marks in the air. Just you did, so you I know. saw him. I did them. Um, I would resent it sometimes because right. yeah, yeah, I'd yeah. feel like, well, I'm fucking working and you're not, but you are yeah. working because yeah. what well, it took me a long time to realise that everything comes back to this. Neither of us have a... I mean, in, in, in reality, neither of us... This podcast... Yeah. Exists because of Dan and Pip. Yeah, completely. Like, and, and and it doesn't. No, no, it in, does. And just, but just in every way as well. Um, not even only in a. If I'm off building my name, it adds to our name. Exactly. But in just experience as well, because I always felt, and as I've said to you numerous times, and we won't go into it in huge detail, but we'll touch on it. The the EP you did with Kid A, mm. um, I think, is some of your best your best production. As I've told you a million times, which is weird as someone who's worked with you on loads of tracks, my favourite Dan Lassac produced track is, is, is Trampled yeah. Youth, which I, I, I think is amazing. I think yeah, it's such yeah, yeah. a good track. Um, yeah, I regularly apply it to people. It's always on my phone. I've, I've, I've mm. got that one in particular on my phone. But again, that kind of thing, it, it it's going off and getting experience and working with someone who yeah. isn't me, who isn't just me rambling that, over tracks and things that, like that, and developing that whole key you as a producer. That whole EP and, was like, me and her were bouncing tracks back and forth over yeah. the internet for a while. We'd met, we'd met some PR guy at Sankey's Soap in yeah. Manchester. Yeah. And uh, he had just got into management and he had this new act and he mm. wanted a producer and we just, me and her just emailed back and forth like me and you did. Yeah. Like, yeah. traded ideas. But it, it ended up like she came to the UK... I convinced the... Because she also sung on Cauliflower. I mean, we should highlight that as well. So anyone who's thinking, who the fuck is this this bitch they're talking about? But yeah. Who is this girl? Yeah. Um, But so I convinced the Cooper Temple Claws, who are Reading boys and lovely human beings. Um, Tom from Cooper's is in a band with Eddie Temple Morris these days called The Losers. Losers. I think they're still doing that. Yeah. But like convinced them to let me use their studio, which Tom after the Coopers had on his own. Yeah. And it was just like learning. Yeah. Like four days, five days in a studio, learning, recording that EP, like learning how to mic drums for the first yeah. time. Yeah. I, I was, there's a track I play piano on. Yeah. And like, it was weird sitting in the room behind glass, like with people on the other side watching me play piano and like, hang on, I've never actually done this. Because yeah. everything else had been... In my house. In your house, on your own. I, st- I still... I'm really, no one watching, no pressure. Yeah, man. I rarely put trousers on. <laughs> I had fair. trousers on. I mean, I you've not got trousers on now. I so. haven't, yeah, I know. <laughs> Sorry, my penis keeps winking. <laughs> no, it's fine. I never apologise. It's like a little um, guppy out of water. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I mean, that's... yeah. I, so, so I think that even in, a, even in a way of anything you do outside is bringing to the, the, the project in a a literal way, audience-wise, it's bringing into it a, yeah. a creative a, a way as well. And I always remember being excited to hear that record because it was like, right, fuck, that's, that sounds that you would never have made with me in mind as mm. such. And it did influence stuff down the line because you will see me in, a in weird the end way, was this, this a track that I said to you was, that trampled, I'm still in love with that track. Can you make yeah. something that's not the same but on the similar slow build and buzz? And that's kind of how this that came This kind of throws back a little to to the the new record yeah because the reason it's called cherished overthrown is that there are these things that i poured love into Mm. but then got pushed out of the way because either they weren't suitable for me and you yeah or 
I was pulled away from them by yeah. what we were doing or yeah, 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 yeah. working with Dolan or, yeah. you know. So it's kind of like, um, I don't think that I've ever had a sound. Yeah, I do clearly have yeah, a sound. Yeah, 100%. But because I don't think I've got a sound, I allow myself to go wherever I want, you know. There's a track on that, on, on the new one called Crom, that for a brief time had B. Dolan, and Mike Ladd on it, yeah. two of my fucking favourite rappers of yeah. all time, but ended up having getting pushed away for something else yeah. because of time, because of yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. And finally getting that time to come back to it and do it and finish it and make it the thing yeah. I wanted it to be. And that's the thing about the Kidea EP. There was sounds that I didn't know I could, either didn't know I could make or didn't think would fit with would what, fit what we're did. doing and, and and that's what i really liked about this new record is this is going to sound like a really weird statement but they all sound complete and they all sound finished it's not got yeah. vocals on it or it's got some sampled vocals on and some bits like bit. that yeah but um it's not a, a, a verse it's not a, a, a vocal led record in any way yeah. there's no yeah. a lead vocals in it did, as that, such that was like there's vocals as an instrument there's vocals as a bedding there's vocals as i don't think i things, could do that without repent replenish replete yeah is that what it's called? So, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> the pirate record. Yeah. Right, because that record was the point at which I got the fucking balls to be confident in a melody. Mm-hmm. You listen to You Will See Me. Yeah. It's simple and it's led by that melody. Yeah. You go back and I would lead everything by drums. Yeah. Like, I would that's drum true. Yeah, heavy. that's a good point, yeah. And I love programming drums, man. I yeah. love chopping up breaks and all that. And like, like DJ Shadow, what he has done in his career is yeah. take something and repurpose, reignite a fire, find the core, yeah. soul of a break, and mm-hmm. turn it into something. And that was like a huge inspiration on me. Yeah. But the music I love is fucking Joy Division yeah. and yeah, New yeah, Order yeah, yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. the melodies. Yeah. It's so important. Yeah. And, yeah, so, but that's why it's taken me so long to fucking finish the yeah. new record, because... But that was it. it how do it, I do It didn't that feel that it's missing vocals, if you know what I mean. Exactly. And that was exactly that. It's got that. Yeah. It's like, right, this isn't... This, that's that. It They're not meant to be there. Um, how how was it, and this might be a, a, a weird one now, how was it sending me stuff? Because our way of working was you'd send me a fuckload of beats... I'd take a walk and listen and come back crazy excited about two, three things, but crazy excited and not thinking about the fact that I've then probably ignored 80. five or six things or 80 things or, or however many things. So, so it's yeah. a weird it's a weird thing. But Before, the fact that you're sending 30 or so over means obviously you're aware that they're not all going to be oh, used you, and come yeah. back. So it's, it's, but it's, a weird, it's a weird situation that's always going to have some kind of, I thought that one was the bollocks and it's been completely ignored. Yeah, well, like... But so much of it can be on a moment, on that thing of, I heard this one and that's all I care about now. You know? Stunner's the best example of that yeah. because you got 88. For, Stunner was in 88 yeah. beats. Because I didn't know if we were doing another record yeah, yeah. at that point. Like, because you had done... Uh, I've done distraction pieces. That's what, distraction pieces. Which, interestingly, I was going to mention then, if you say and you didn't feel you had a sound, the first two or three beats that Danny Lona sent me, who's Nine Inch Nails and everything else amazing, I would just Dan Lissac beats. I was like, <laughs> you're just making Dan Lissac beats. He's like, yeah, but I love Dan Lissac beats. And he's like, he's he's into your sound. I was like, I don't want to do a record that's 
that me and Dan could do. Could Otherwise, do. like the point of doing a solo record was to do a record that we that's, couldn't do. That's thing, like, S- similar with the Kid A thing. It was when, like, I heard that and thought, that's something we couldn't have done. So that's, that's dope. That's, when Introduction came out, like, I couldn't be jealous. Yeah. I yeah. was so fucking relieved. Because <laughs> that blew up. That, that, was that wouldn't have happened from us as but well. That's it couldn't have been me. Mm. And I was like, thank fuck for that. Because yeah. if it could have been me, I would have been pissy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, yeah. I, like, I wasn't that over one of our tracks. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. But it couldn't. Yeah. It was like, nice. I, can you remind me? I've never done it, but I need to record the remix of yeah. that. Because we were doing Danny. a live remix of that. Because I, I said years ago I'd yeah. get to Danny and yeah, I do never it, do did. It, do it. It's, it's and, a banger. Yeah. So, yeah, so... Um, Sorry, making notes in the podcast. Where, where if it doesn't remind yeah. me, whoever's listening, can you tweet, tweet me Dan, to do that? You're going to regret that, man. On one, on, on one podcast in the <laughs> intro, I said, like, hi, Saron, how are you today? Or something like that. I said, and tweet me, because then I'll just get it and I won't know what it is. I still get tweets just out of the blue going, I'm just at the supermarket. I'm like, who the fuck's this? Is someone t- and, and it will twig that it's, oh, it's someone who's listened to that. So, yeah, anytime you listen to this, tweet Dan reminding him to send that to, to Danny Lona. Um, so what were we up to there? We were up to oh, Stunner, yeah, because you sent that with a load of tracks. A load, man. But- I was going to say, and I was thinking this on the way over, and I was thinking about, as I, ke- I always say for years, that Trampled Lou- oh, there's Youth there. there's is my favourite track that yeah. Dan Lassac produced track. I always said that until you sent me Stunner, and that took it. Cause, cause, it. Because when that beat, I remember I told you at the time, I emailed Zane Lowe. I didn't send him anything, just emailed and say, Dude, there's a track coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I know when, and it was about a year later. <laughs> I was, was like, I don't know when, was. but you're going to fucking... Because I knew that he'd love it as well. It was one of the yeah, beats yeah. that I was like, fuck, that's the one. It, so, yeah. But, yeah, Stunner was though, in a load Stunner of- is fucking DJ Shadow. Right. You can't hear it, but I, it's inspiration. Yeah. Like, he... In, in the way he uses samplers and gating. Yeah. Like, um, it's just, yeah, it's just yeah. like... Me interpreting it's yeah, a translation yeah, yeah. of something I learned from listening to someone else. Yeah, but you had a point on that 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 Stunner was in a, a yes. collection oh, of yeah. eighty so the point, You asked how it would feel to yeah pour your heart out into yeah. a vast body of work and then screw his pip. I like these two two songs yeah. from it. Um, right, Stunner. The reason being is I never thought you would pick Stunner yeah. in, in my entire life. I was fucking immensely proud of that. Yeah. And it, at that point, when you heard it, it was a minute and a half long. Yeah, yeah. And I I chucked it in on a whim. I thought, yeah. man, he's not going to dig it, but, you know, yeah. yeah. So instead of being ever, like, pissy yeah. that you hadn't reacted to... There's a track, there was a track that I still think like either you or Dolan would smash called mm. Last Days mm. just piano and a break that's mm. it but it's fucking lovely mm. and uh, instead of being pissy that you didn't pick that I was always like did he fucking pick Stunner? you like that one? <laughs> I actually almost respect him <laughs> I was, I was all over that I was like this is yeah, the one this is the but shit. that's the point it was like it had to be right and I yeah. don't think I was ever in the position to choose what was right and that was always the tough thing there i guess because particularly with on in that instance as said we'd we'd both gone off and done solo stuff and separate stuff so we didn't know what sound mm. we were going to go for I don't, so so i eight, hadn't done eight, space between the words at that point had i that was after no 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 you had i had i had yeah, yeah. yeah you had um so it was it was one of them it was kind of a right here 
it's the reason there was such a high number there because there was a huge range of sounds and styles and, and yeah, things. It was like, like Long Night of Life um, on Space Between the Words yeah. was originally for Dolan. Yeah. He loved it, but he never did anything. Yeah. So I took it somewhere else. Yeah. Space Between the Words is, is a weird thing for me because so many pe- more people told me that was a good record yeah. than ever told me about our records yeah, yeah, being yeah. good. Yet no one bought it. Yeah. <laughs> like, not, like, literally. And I'm surprised. But, I'll be surprised if you sold like 2,000 copies, which is amazing. I was going to say, do you think your but, perception of that is because of being tied into a label for it? And then there's that weird expectation and pressure. Because yeah. the fact is, most people listening now will go, Man, imagine selling two thousand records. records. I know, and even I even know. I would say that now completely on on oh, actually God. releasing a record. It's like it's fucking people yeah. don't don't buy shit I'd, at all. Yeah, that's 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 great news if you if you shift yeah. two thousand. But it's that weird thing of being tied in and having yeah, but come we, at, having blown up in just that bit before it all dropped off. But we had to. So yeah. our big records had sold a fuckload, and then we were just in that period where people stopped paying for shit. It's that thing of selling 2,000 after you sold a, a multitude more than that. Yeah, 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 I guess I so. I think, like, emotionally, Space Between the Words knocked me a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like, a huge amount. And I think I'd be a very different person if I, we hadn't done Repent, Replenish, Repeat. Yeah, yeah. Not because of sales, because of, like, realigning my understanding of... But music completely, creation. I think Repent was... It's it's still the one that I pick as my most proud work, which is great, because it's the most recent and it, it should I, be. I think I'm... Yeah. But, I'm, yeah. is it, Like, as a, as a complete piece... Yeah. I think making it, what is it, nine tracks? Yeah. I think culling... Yeah. Cutting it down to the core, there's no fluff. Logic Chance has a little bit too much fluff on it. Yeah, it's point, a bit yeah. too clean yeah. in its sound. Yeah, it still has five minutes on it, and it still has the explosions on it. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, and like, yeah, this this thing, man, like on a psychological level, on an emotional level, I don't know how I would be without. Yeah, yeah, because. Rrr, felt like we got it right yeah and we can walk away but equally equally it couldn't have happened w- without everything else everything it else wouldn't have happened r- repent wouldn't be repent if we hadn't both done so- solo records yeah, both yeah. gone off and worked with other people seen what worked well, seen what doesn't work done everything and I then come back and so gone hungry after yeah. space between the words because yeah. i felt like i proved myself on space yeah and no one else did yeah so i was like i have to now prove myself and i feel like yeah, that everything after repent doesn't matter. Yeah, in in like I have my 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 badge. Yeah, I got the scout badge yeah. of producing a perfect record. Yeah, even though it's nothing you ever do is perfect. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. So for the rest of my days, knowing that's the I best can, we could have done, and because yeah. that was the interesting thing. And and let's 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 get on to I touched on the last one that we talk about um, a label stuff and all that. <laughs> The whole difficult second record. I'm not a believer in it. I think I'm really pleased with Logic of Chance. I think, as said, <coughs> things like Sick Tonight are five minutes and are explosions, as you said. And and, and Cauliflower still was one of my favourite to perform it's live. Not a bad track on it. No. 
There's not anything wrong with the record. Yeah. In it's just not. I mean, there's one on 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 every record. There's normally one that I'm not happy with uh, lyrically about a day after it comes fuck out. Fuck off! Yeah, burn that fucking song. In God hell. damn that song! I was in right. Okay, I'm fucking in this cab <laughs> in in uh, Boston yeah. a few weeks ago. I met a streamer I fucking admire, a great guy. This guy called Richard Hammer. Yeah, you know, and he's sitting in the back <laughs> of the cab and from Top Gear. From yeah, yeah, <laughs> so it's because it's like Richard Hammond. That's right. That's why well, he's sitting in the back of and he asks the people, I'm like, "What's the song he hates the most?" <laughs> and then I fucking hear it yeah. back from hell from a mobile phone, brilliant, distorting us, brilliant. Like, yeah, I fucking hate it. It's, it's, it's not our best moment, man, but it's popular but as well. Nothing, people, the kids dig again, it. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just yeah. that thing of that's only on angles because people liked it. Yeah, and we. Yeah. I'm again, that's a good thing. Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes, yeah, and again, yeah. I think that it's the it's um, on logic of chance. It felt the that de- definition of selling out is doing something, yeah, other than what you believe because somebody else. But that's it. It's tough, isn't it? Because we, when we wrote it, we believed in it. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, it, it's not like we're like, oh, we need to write a song like this. We wrote it, it was like this is good, and then it got popular, and we got sick of it, and then I it's like, oh, as fuck. well, it's like. Sometimes selling out gets confused with compromise. Mm-hmm. And I think artists forget that they're not... It's just, it, it wasn't just me and you. Yeah. It was me, you, and the fucking audience. And and, because, and that's what I thought with Logic of Chance. I thought that was our most... That was the album that we all compromised the most on. Yeah. And just weren't in the same headspace. I think there were certain tracks we cut that I liked and certain tracks we kept that I wasn't a fan of and vice versa. There were certain yeah. tracks I thought to keep on the record that you weren't into that maybe now look like weaker ones. And again, mm, like, mm. like vice versa. But I still think In you know, Explosions is the best beat I've ever written. I, no I, one else I, agrees. I honestly couldn't tell you any of the lyrics to it. No, no. There's tons of songs like that. The, the well. ones we don't do live, it's like... What's that song about? No idea what... Like. As, if someone will send me a quote, I'll be like, oh, that's a dope quote. We're like, oh, I wrote that. All right, yeah, I had sweet. no idea that's, that's uh, one of someone, mine. But Someone tweeted the other day about, <laughs> oh, the last last 45 seconds of Last Train Home. Yeah. Um, beautiful electronic music. I was like, really? There's, there's an outro? There's an outro? And it had to then go online. Pip, sh- pip shut the fuck up for 45 seconds? No that's way, crazy. that can't have happened. I um, that on without him knowing. But as said, I think the, 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 the thing that I found interesting with that record looking back and was a big lesson was the order of singles and Sunday mm. Best were convinced that, that Get Better which we, we were just mentioning songs on that record and despite I had a love-hate thing with that I felt at points it felt too soft I and preachy but I thought Stake Acclaim was the first song on that album you see that's it and, me. and they were keen for for Get Better to be the first single or I was keen for Sick Tonight to, mm. to be the first single because I don't know it felt like a here's what well, I here, here we are we're back, but, but both of us kind of wanted a harder one. Like, I wanted a harder track to open with, yeah. and then go here's our. Which again, get better, and again, particularly alive. Man, get that's better, one. Get better is one of the best experiences I've had. Yeah. Of performing that live and seeing people going nuts, fields of tens of thousands not, of people, and this doesn't feel like my shiniest time. But I was trying to do something clean and uplifting and yeah. i'm not a clean or uplifting person well that's what's so. kind of interesting for both of us on that on that track is we were really stretching and, and pushing mm. for something i wanted to write a track 
for the kids that wasn't a preachy shit track for the kids, yeah. which is a fucking hard thing to do. And Nas has pulled it off, and yeah, yeah. Slick Rick has pulled it off, and but Slick Rick pulled it off by being ironic about it and kind of making it a silly song for the kids. Yeah, and so that's what kind of no matter how much I went off it and then got back in, into it and things like that, it's still one because it's like right, well they, that means a lot because we didn't just go the second album. Let's make another uh, another list poem. Another yeah. another one that's beat like beat of my heart with a bit of fast rapping in and a good mm. good song hook and, th- and and things like that. So it felt like we had that. No, we're still trying to make interesting and unusual yeah. shit. But can we talk a little bit about because it's it's it, it occurred to me on the way up here. It's one of the few songs or the only song that we've ever made in that way was a cauliflower because mm. that was one where when we were making angles, I was like a yeah, some velvet yeah. morning. This track, as uh, 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 Velvet Morning, Nancy Sinatra, and what's his name? I can't think of his name now. Um, uh, Barry White. No, <laughs> similar. Um, uh, Hazelwood. Lee yeah, Hazelwood. A, a Lee Hazelwood. And it's amazing because for the guy's vocal, it's a one tempo, and for the girl's vocal, it's a different tempo. It's such a change, but it's so beautiful mm. and dreamy. And I was obsessed with this. And it's the only time I've really come to you and said, here's the so kind of beat I'd like. In general you'll send me options and I'll go, I'm yeah. feeling this direction, not that direction. And we'll and that's why work I in that way. always felt disconnected from that track. Yeah. Because yeah. Cause that's it. I know it's, it's one that you've never felt that it just never that click to. And like, it's funny because before Adele blew up, she was going to do the, well, she was, and, and she, and, and, and she wrote some stuff she, for it that we never, never got to hear, it. but she <laughs> had written stuff and was talking about it. And, and it was Peggy Sue. Yep. With the pirates at that yep. time, even yep. though there were never any pirates, they lied. Peggy Sue and the pirates, they lied. But the they wrote time. some awful shit for it, and I love those girls. I but I remember, I remember because yeah. they played a bit when we were touring, had them touring with us, and they had written like a. They would at that point were kind of singing Scroobius to the tune of Notorious, and, and it was a similar thing to that. I was like, that's not Scroobius, and it's, it's like that's not really the thing we're going for. Um, but maybe that's what made me love it so much was it was such again that whole album there was a lot of songs on there then that were a long journey and weren't just these yeah. easy easy things so that was I one that went back and forth for ages and you I wrote the vocal really... for Kid A and with Kid A and all this because you were working on that record at the time I, no yeah I wrote that vocal yeah she not not in a <laughs> yeah, I did yeah. it all but I wrote that vocal out yeah. and out I sang it I and then got her to, got her to sing just singing the right part because like it had to be done that way. I couldn't... Yeah. It was already somebody else's idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I had to yeah. stamp it and to, all that. To, you know. take that con- control. Singing that high pitch, though, man. Yeah. <laughs> so hard. But, like, Cauliflower's a really good example. Like, everyone talks about new. It's got to be new. It's got to yeah. be, you know, the, the pace at which the internet moves. Everything's mm. about new. And it's like, some ideas take fucking time, man. Yeah. Like like you with the, the acting. Mm-hmm. The acting comes out of you fucking starting to write screenplays 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and maybe some of those ideas will end up on the fucking silver Turn screen. Into something. Or There's nothing wrong a, with... A, a week or two ago, I've just finished a first draft of a novel. And again, it's a long way off, but it's, it's the story I've told you about since college. Yeah. So it's, that's l- literally 17, 18 years. Exactly. But... As, as you were saying with this this new album stuff that gets in the way it's not like I, I've been sitting on my ass. it's not exactly. happened because we've suddenly got to tour the world and we've got to do this and do yeah. that so but like it it's people sometimes 
throw stuff away because it's it's older and mm. and artists do it peggy yeah. sue are a great I, example instantly came to mind because I, lo- I love those girls and that when they toured with us i'm obsessed with new song it's still yeah, i think I, is I, one I, of my favorite songs ever written it's I did beautiful that remix of it yeah as well i think it's amazing lovely. and then when they toured brothers they were playing all their new stuff and i literally took them aside and said just for me then can you play new because they, they were running bands who again had gigged with with adele and kate nash and all us mm. uh, us crowd at the time and for me their early songs and their new songs were also fucking amazing but their early songs were better than they had got the credit for yet yeah. I was like, you can't, you can't move on from that yet because not enough people have heard that yeah. fucking amazing song. More people need to hear that song before you go, bro. That's our old stuff. Like, yeah, we don't just because do we've heard it, yeah, a thousand yeah. times, it doesn't. Not mean enough people that, have heard it, or yeah. just because you've heard it a thousand times, and that's the thing that, that mm. I just have to get ahead for. It's like just because you've played it a lot, it doesn't yeah. mean anyone else has has got it. Yeah, yet. interesting it's, one. It's though, like, but the um, there's some songs like as an artist you can't not perform. As well, how many times did we not perform Thou Shout? Yeah, we like twice, did that three times, pretty maybe? much every show. Yeah, yeah, and like it's we, it's not because thankfully I never grew to hate it. Yeah, and it never felt shit. No, you know, and we I fucked around with it. We it had some crazy. We had some great versions. We had like, a hip hop karaoke we version. Hip hop karaoke and. But, like, fucking oh, no, around with it. No, hip-hop karaoke was at the end of Great Britain, wasn't it? We did that. No, but no, we, we fucked did about, it we did a, Yeah, in that show Yeah, yeah, because well. the live recording of that on the 2007 Camden Crawl CD that I can see up there yep. um, has the hip-hop karaoke on it. Right. We had oh, to yeah, license yeah, it off right, the BBC. Right. Yeah. We had to pay the BBC money to use that. Weird. And then we put a, a little... Uh, uh, early on, we put a live CD out. Was that before Angles? Our live CD that yeah. that Laura Dockrell did the artwork for. It was yeah, a little drawing of us. a five-track thing. Yeah. And it had... Um, the bonus track was the mini-mix that Annie Mack... Sweet. And, like, everyone else who does a mini-mix, everyone else in the world who does a mini-mix does a fucking... A mash-up of loads of songs. Yeah. I did a mash-up of loads of songs and then put... Beat my heart skipped over the top. Brilliant, brilliant. Got to get the plug-in. Got to get, Got the, to get the plug-in. The plug-in. So, where have we gone? We've covered... All three albums are really... Or let's end on, 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 on the last album, I guess. On Repent, Replenish, Repeat. Because we'd both gone off and done solo records and both... I think the, the most important part in my head is both worked with a load of other people. So, learnt stuff that we liked. Learnt stuff we didn't like. Mm. Learnt what was good about us working together and what was bad about us working yeah. together. And it felt that on that on that record, it felt for some reason it felt like maybe the easiest t- to make because we knew what our strengths were and what yeah, our weaknesses yeah. were and where we'd rub each other up the wrong way and where we wouldn't. It kind of felt well, we could just go, let's make this record. I know at this point I leave Dan to do that and I don't yeah. get too involved because he knows what he's doing. Speak like Space Between the Words taught me a lot. One of the things, it's a negative thing, but mm. it taught me that some people are fucking assholes. Mm-hmm. And it's sad, but yeah, there were just some really difficult conversations on that album about yeah. fucking shit I didn't care about. Yeah. You know, there was no one on that record I didn't offer half the track to. Yeah. Because they were half the track. Me and you yeah. were 50-50. Why would I, you know... Someone did say, no, no, I'm only 30. It's like, that's great. Yeah. You know, that's nice cool. humans. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't get 30, you got 40. Yeah. 
talks him up. Yeah. Good work, good work. Um, but, like, Select. some people are fucking grubby and greedy, mm. and it did make me realise how balanced we'd kept it. Mm. Mm. You could have had more money. Mm. You were the pull for a... a you are the front man. You are... I was going to say, that's it. It's the lot. one on the mic. They're, that, that, yeah. That's why so many people, when I walk down the street, go... Stand the sack. Yeah. Because yeah. it's that. Your name was at but the front, like, but my face was at the front. You directed you know? the videos mm-hmm. for that last album. You were a big selling point for the band. And I never... You never once divided it and mm. but, but it was more. But you again, could have had more. That's the, the thing. The, like the, the thing that made it all work, though, I, I feel, again, was that we came back strong and in control as such and i yeah. think stunner was a great example of that of it wasn't like get better where it's this and i learned that with introduction because mm. because introduction if that wasn't me doing it on my own label that wouldn't have been the opening single because it had no chorus it had yeah no it, you know it's not but then my thinking was well neither did the, the, and our shout and it, it, it's no, finding yeah. what you feel will go this will let people know what's going on yeah as the first single, and then, right, this might be the more commercial one, or this one's got flux on, or whatever else. This mm. could be the big pop hit, or this could be that, or whatever. But it felt that we could go, right, here's Stunner. Gold Teeth's the only one that annoys me, but right. only because it should have been me dancing at the end of the video. Yeah, not, I think you're right. What's his face? Aaron. Yeah, I always feel like moves. that would have been, that video would have been better for See, that. See, Gold but. Teeth is the, is, 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 the, is the sleeper hit there for me, as I forget that track a lot. But I, yeah, I rate yeah. it. I think it was really good. I think production-wise, on you and Flux, and you working amazing. with Flux, which I know was an, a nervous and exciting thing for you, because I remember at the time you being like, well, I knew you knew what you were doing, but everyone who self-taught is yeah. worried that someone's going to go... Exactly. So if you sling a... Oh, mate. And the, say something you've never heard of on there, and you'll I've, have to go, I don't know what that is. I think, think I've... One of the, the, the guiding principles of my entire life, whether it be work romance yeah. making dinner is someone's going to find out that i don't know what i'm actually yeah, doing yeah, 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 yeah i'm always scared that someone's yeah, going to yeah, find out yeah but, you know. but then again it, it all it all worked together beautifully and as you said it was interesting for me to have my traditional i like the first version or fall in love <laughs> yeah. with first version because flux did some great stuff on it his first remix of it and i was like no, yeah, I don't it was, like it. it was what a you're weird, doing? It was a weird process because, like, so it was going back three ways, kind of back to back. you, back to him, back and to me. And ultimately, to... it came down to me. Yeah, it had to be yeah. that, and we did it right, man. And Flux did great on it, yeah. and he didn't just turn it into a Flux record. He no, he showed exactly that intelligence and sensitivity to the material and stuff. And yeah, those strings he did are rad, man. Yeah, I think, but yeah. It's fucking track doesn't actually get as much um, love as I think it should mm. have. Because then we because you did, live a bunch because of Stunner and and you will see me being such so big, just video wise award winning, award winning. You will see me and just I think I shouted. I think the videos for them both n- n- nailed it really well and got the emotion and they're very relatable because they're about relationships. So yeah. I think they're the two that people remember a lot. of from repent yeah. whereas i said i always forget gold teeth and then i'm like fuck that was a yeah it's a banger it was a <laughs> humbly humbly <laughs> but that's the thing man it's it's all a journey it's all these little um moments yeah. little vignettes of of your creative state at the time yeah. you know and the, and there's no there's no path or 
you can't or there's no cheat or rule to it all as 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 even mm. in this conversation you've seen the thing that always gets me with you will see me is it was another one where the album was finished at that point yeah i would finish the record and then i kind of had this idea and had said you like see you me. never sent me one that was kind of like that kid a track and all this and it was another one again you sent that and i wrote the vocal and emailed it back pretty much immediately i think the first verse at least because i was literally you emailed it i'd emailed you about it or we'd been talking about it and and you emailed it over and i'd started to write this idea and i was about to go to go out to lunch with my mum Mm. and i thought he'll email it i'll come back and i'll listen to it but it came about 10 minutes before i went so i literally recorded it into the laptop mic then and sent it and then went to lunch it was that that quick that hugely mm. again it's another one similar to Thou Shout which is kind of beautiful that Thou Shout was the first song we wrote and I, one of the biggest and was written in a couple of hours my part at least A You Will See Me which is one of my proudest works I, I was written I, in a couple of hours as well probably, like it's definitely for me as a producer as well the best yeah like my still my favourite track is in the explosions I don't know why it's a weird one as well because of all these things proudest moment is You Will See Me yeah I'd agree but I'd also say that we've not mentioned and this sounds like we're just listing how great our songs are but <laughs> we are that, we're not mentioned um, a, a, a Letter From God To Man which mm. is one of our artistically I think on both sides one of our best works but because it's got a massive sample in I think yeah. it probably doesn't stick in either of our minds as much because it's no, like it's, weird it's got this big sampling. But again, production-wise, you chop that up and that ending again is for our fans an iconic ending to our gigs, just really God, yeah. huge and big. Yet again, it's not one that sticks as much as the ones that we literally built from scratch. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny actually. Like you see me, like it's it's something like you as an artist. I think you have to learn as well. It's that I could not write Thou Shalt now. Yeah. It's with it's not in the realm of possibility yeah, that yeah. I could write it now, because I can't I can't unlearn. Yeah, yeah, you know. And you will see me is you asking for something in the same vein as Trampled Youth. Yeah, but I couldn't forget everything I'd fucking yeah. learn. The drums on again, it's so different though as well. Like anyone yeah. who now goes and listens to Trampled Youth who hasn't, they're not that similar really. There's yeah, there's the build and the buzz. There's that that gradual softness. Yeah, but a, in general, it's a very different sound. But again, that's the different. That's the bringing together all the different yeah. elements. I guess and like, it's me sh- shouting about killing everyone. Gotta gotta give. Although it's a sample pack, the drums come from. Like I did a fuck ton of work with them, mm. but. The samples were given to me by a drummer called Timmy Ricard, mm-hmm. who is um, in Sarah Williams White. Yeah, he toured with us. Life, didn't he? Later after he that, he did. Yeah, um, you can't underestimate the power of just passion because mm. he's a passionate drummer yeah. who cares for how he his he records and he puts hours into recording a snare drum. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you can't. Um, it's all about passion, and everything's about passion. This podcast, it's all which about passion, isn't it? is about passion, like yeah. I think at the end of the day, we live in this this world where there's a lot that can get you down, a lot of shit. You know, like I touched on in part one. Yeah, like there's stuff that if I fucking let it, you know, will ruin my day. Yeah, yeah, or I can fucking reach out and there's a big stack of fucking DVDs over there and there's CDs and I've got access to the internet and 
I can just find pure passion. Yeah. People who love something they do. The guy who made Minecraft. Right. Notch. Marcus, um, can't remember his surname, but he's, he goes by the name Notch. Mm-hmm. Right. So, obviously, sold Minecraft, made billions. Yeah. He writes little bits of graphics, code, just mm. just pure code, and makes these crazy visual things. Yeah. And they're, they're just web, they run in your browser. Yeah. That's passion. Yeah. Right there. He makes these yeah. gorgeous um, experiments in mathematics. Yeah. That, that, that guy doesn't need to do that. Like no. I, he's got billions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's done well. He's, he's all right. Done, he's all right, you know. He's got it covered. Yet, he will spend his time making something that he's passionate about. Mm. You know, he. you see him actually in Twitch chats just yeah. talking about his passionate passion for games. Yeah. And that's not just like the monetary reward for making games. Mm-hmm. He fucking loves Quake Live. Yeah. It's like running around shooting your mates. Yeah. He's truly passionate about it. And uh, it's nice to see that humanity, yeah. when we, we constantly are in the pursuit of wealth. Mm-hmm. We, You know, I'd really like to buy a house. I, mm. I know it's probably not going to happen, but I'm going to try. Yeah. But ultimately, if I don't, it's fine. Cause it's not a big deal. I, I heard love will tear us apart in my life. Yeah. And I got to make you all see me. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've made some women happy yeah. and I've made some friends happy and I have passion for making someone laugh yeah. or, you know, orgasm. Actually, that's what it comes down to. Made some chicks orgasm. I won. You did? I heard about that. I heard, yeah. Um, so It was a big thing. We, <laughs> we hired a tent. There was, was big news. So what's ahead? Um, I, I, I don't want to do the kind of the, the roundup of kind of favourite gig, because there's fucking... There's, it's, it's asinine sh- sh- shit, really. We've got... We got to tour for many years to many amazing people, and it's all, yeah, all very it's specific. Like, what, what's the anatomy of your favourite gig? Like, what... Like, because there's... I remember some gigs because they were funny yeah. and some gigs because we just fucking smashed it and some gigs were amazing just because we stood in front of you know there are moments we stood in front of 30,000 people mm. you imagine what mad, that is yeah that's ridiculous but, man uh, that first big main stage best of a one where you've got the picture there yeah it's it's it's, it's I don't that have, exact picture is the screensaver on my on my laptop yeah it's like 15,000 people or something in that yeah. photo it's more than that it's more than that i swear because robbie was saying at the time it was over 20,000 really? at, at the main stage at that point but like um, yeah like that i don't have a, a vast amount of memorabilia like the strange famous poster and yeah. but like favorite gigs impossible favorite thing is that we got to meet some amazing motherfucking people yeah. and it's not just sage francis and b dolan and rob the bank and yeah. that some of the fucks we met along the way yeah. you know like um i don't know like this um the guy who does these t-shirts right um no fit state yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. like amazing yeah. that's a guy who's got some yeah. passion for Make making cool designs and yeah. it's really nice when you see him post a photo of like some fucking celebrity who, who bought his t-shirt yeah like, Not that he sent them the T-shirt, yeah. they actually fucking loved yeah, it and yeah, bought yeah. it. And um, the photographer you work with, 
Yeah, like, Lisa. It's like really nice to see her doing yeah. well and, and, and smashing stuff. And Always this again. This is going to a a, a a a more just. Oh my god, it's a famous person one. But do you remember n- number one? Do you remember when we were told that Postanus from Delisol had done a vocal for Thou Shout? Yeah, because we were we were a, a, a Sunday best. I wonder remix done. And I spoke on the phone to Roots Maneuver, who I've since had on the podcast. Yep. Um, it was the weirdest phone call I've ever had. I've still lived in, at my mum's, so I'm in my yep. living room mm-hmm. speaking on my phone to Roots Maneuver, and he was being quite odd. He's an odd gentleman. He, he may have had some herbals. He may have had some herbals in, but it was it was it was a, it was a wonderful. And I can't remember if I told him on the podcast, but I just always remember I, I rang him and I'm like, "Is like, who's this?" I'm like, <laughs> "Hello, it's." It's 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 Pip kind of thing. He's like, ooh. And just being just just being quite I was like, Oh, we were gonna do this track and I was like it's their shout and he's like, Oh yeah, Oasis, just a band. I'm like, Yeah, and he's like, The Beach Boys, just a band, like, yeah. It's like the Beatles, just a band, like, yeah. And he just listed like thirty of the like <laughs> almost all of them. I'm like, Yeah, that's yeah. the one. And we had this weird conversation, so we were looking at, at Roots Maneuver, we were looking at Mike Skinner maybe and all sorts. Yeah. And then the Daylar thing came in and I remember we the first time that we met Postanus, we were in Manchester and having to do some press. And we met him during all. that interview. Yeah, we, we, he was already there with the, the Guardian people, whoever it was. Yeah. And we were like, hey man. The kids was doing it on tape. As and well. that's how we met. And it was, I just remember s- 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 sitting there as Post fucking news from Delasol, who now again talked to and he's a lovely dude and we've lovely spent person. more, like a load of time hanging out with. He's sitting there talking about what he loves about a track that we wrote. I know. Like, are you serious? And again, particularly as you heard on part one, that we wrote that in a couple of hours. I was upstairs at my mum's house. Yeah. And but this Postanus thing, is think, going, here's my shit. I think we can, I think I can be happy because I still have boyish wonder that yeah. anyone gave a shit. Yeah. And like when someone, your idol, does anything good. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. It's just nice that some, like some. someone, I don't know, just feels good that someone would, you admire, would actually admire you back. Yeah. And we had that with, again, as you said, in all different realms and areas. It's like, mm. fuck, they're into our stuff. That's, that's, that's so weird. There's a connection there. Um, so what's ahead? Obviously, you've got the album coming out on June 8th. June um, 8th. Where should people keep an eye out for that or keep up with you is it on Twitter and Instagram and all that the best place to yeah usually so Twitter Instagram's all at Dan Lassac at Dan Lassac and then Facebook's Dan Lassac dot official because mm-hmm. it wouldn't let me have Dan Lassac for some Freaks. reason even though no one's got it yeah just Facebook being weird it is weird I hate Facebook to be fair I'm not a fan but the I'm, I'm on there occasionally is what it is and like so but next and that's where people can keep up to date on your twitch stuff or is there a specific twitch thing again i was, so, I was such a nerd in that first half going so what, i was like yeah. your nan saying so what's this what's the this new twitch game thing is um <laughs> twitch.tv forward slash dan Lassac yeah. underscore idiot and and do you have to join it or can you just go on and watch regardless you can, you can go on and watch without signing up this yeah. is what, what i was saying earlier about it being truly free mm. you don't even need to log in yeah. to it to watch you can just it. You go to twitch.tv slash Dan Lassac yeah but if you want to chat in yeah. the chat room and yeah. have me mock you or yeah. you mock me um, you have to have an account but yeah it's totally free but yeah that thing that I won't stop doing that mm. like I say that's that's a way of me sitting in my house playing games to relax from fucking making music yeah 
and still keeping it social, still being... That's the key. As you know, with me, I'm a weird, like, recluse at points and obsessive over things I get into. And my key has always been turning my obsessions into work in some way to justify. I'm going, right, I love MMA. Right, now I write a bit and I do a few interviews and that. So, therefore, it justifies my weird sitting at home on my own till 6am watching MMA. Yeah. And, well, I've got back into wrestling and there's now a wrestling podcast on the network. It's like, well, there you go. That's why I was up till four last night. Oh, yeah. I watch an extreme rules and like yeah the, the, the shit like that is finding a way to go here's my here's the things I'm going to be obsessed about because everyone talk of obsession or addiction as a negative thing which they can be but yeah. if you can try and go right I'm going to be addicted to something like for example gaming let's see how I can make that a positive thing yeah. let's make it a social thing where I'm interacting the social I'm promoting is... I'm being there and being present because making music is such an introspective process for yeah. me especially because i don't do lyrics yeah, yeah i can't yeah. just say the words to get it yeah, out i have to, to find the melody i have to find that sound yeah so that twitch thing is an amazing part of my mental health mm. and i can't see me stopping yeah you know i've i've been doing that's a, a really a weird a sentence if you don't know like technology and that yeah that, that twitch is a thing is a weird <laughs> yeah. part of my mental health and i don't see me stopping but i've <laughs> like in the last 10 days i think i've streamed 60 hours wow damn, you know, that's, that's today's my first day off for mm. 10 days i think and um i will keep doing that and that'll keep me sane which mm. means i'll write more so it's like all feeds it's i'm not planning to do anything live for this record mm-hmm. because i want to write something for life yeah with that intention that it will come out as a record yeah but i want it to be because it will be the first time i truly stand alone Mm -hmm. because i'm not gonna have guest vocals or anything like that cool since we stood on a stage together yeah it's gonna take a bit of something yeah man but i mean i i expected to have an album I finished about a year ago. I ain't yeah, done shit, because it does. It, it is that kind of thing. Of it's like right. I want to. I, I still think I will. I will release more music, but I only want to release it if it's if it's good enough. Yeah, I don't want to just go. Well, we've got we built a name. It's it's kind of thing. I don't want to tarnish. Yeah, yeah. Or I'm giving repent, replenish, repeat enough space. Yeah. So, so that when I do tarnish it, that's the thing. Like <laughs> I, uh, that that idea of I'm not not aiming to be bigger than mm. we ever were yeah just i'm still that person who and to be fair some of the big best gigs in my life have been the ones where only 30 people turned mm-hmm. up and we had to work our fucking ass off to make that 30 people not feel awkward about the fact that there were only 30 people i always there. remember and I, i'm sure i've told it on the podcast before or probably have i'm not sure but i have gig in kingston at like some some nightclub that, that had nightclub. a karaoke room. It had hot dogs on sale in the club. Yeah, um, which and, is a good idea. And we played it. in the Aspen Ski Lodge, Alpine, Alpine. Ski Lodge. Cause, but then we played in America. Like a week, a month At later, Aspen. was in Aspen in a ski lodge. In a ski lodge, yeah. So uh, the right, belly up, yeah. Um, uh, so we played there, and we were on at one a.m. or something, and there was loads of just drunk people there on drinks promotions, but. There was I. It, my memory is six people that were there for us. So that my memory is nine. Nine. So it's it's it's, it's 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 a divisible of three. Yeah. Um, they they came in threes. Um, yeah. And and yeah, but because of those few who'd had to sit for a shit night, we played our little asses off, and yeah. that's one of the most 
energetic and passionate gigs that we've done. There wasn't a stage. There wasn't, there wasn't a gap between us you know and the what? crowd. That gig did, did make me want to play on a carpet for the rest of our yeah, lives. We played it was on just a carpet. nice standing on carpet. I thought I might get bottled because someone... That one guy. Uh, someone came up and danced mockingly in the middle of one of the vocals. So when yeah. it finished, I said, look... That guy's name was... The promoter's name was Will, right? I think. And he, he was trying to bring different music into nightclubs. Yeah. So we did that place we did because we did the one in Preston Preston we're, we're one of the Ramones Marky Ramones fucking dope all over that it was still a shit gig but or, or a weird gig because it was trying to push them into it. we did the Portsmouth one where the stage was above the bar above the bar so l- literally there's the bar the the us on stage which caused really weird pockets of excitement because generally the fans are going to be at the front, front but, but that's where the bar is so they couldn't be so there'd be yeah. pockets of excited people around the room and then a load of people who are like when they're going to keep playing just garage or whatever was yeah was being pumped out that's weird as fuck but um but but yeah at that one the guy kept dancing in front of me and i boldly considering we anyone could kick my ass just said to him look play fair mate i don't come in in your work and dance in in front of you when you're you're trying to put the chip fryer down (laughs) i just thought there you go i've just i've just said you're working mcdonald's and just had a little attack so whereas like just didn't get a brief bit of uh politics i think part three part three (laughs) if if people were more willing to work in mcdonald's then i think we'd also be a happier world i think because the amount of people who like these bloody foreigners coming over here Doing all the jobs I don't want to do. Yeah, exactly. You know, right. paying tax so I can sit on my fucking ass. You know, I just, you know. Oh, I think. Either vote UKIP or go work in McDonald's. I think we've Only got a massive problem the better, world better with place. making all jobs m- more appealing because the fact is, n- none of the most intelligent speakers I see on people I know would want anything to do with being a politician. No. Yeah, yeah. So if we've made the role of running the country unappealing to the intelligent, yeah, then that's a fucked up. Like, what? Why are we surprised we're in a shit situation? Yeah. And partly it'll be because of our corruptions, but partly it'll be because of the shit that politicians like. It's a, it's a, a, a thankless task in many yeah. ways and things like that. So it's a weird one. Yeah, I don't know anyone. Obviously, there are good politicians in tech, but m- most times you see someone that everyone's going. You should run a country, mate. They'll be like, fuck off, fuck mate. Off. I wouldn't want to do that. Not interested. It is that thing. We should, if we're going to vote on who yeah. leads the country, we shouldn't actually give those people the option to decide whether they want to do it. Yeah. So we can have, we, yeah. can, we can have Stephen Fry Just out vote. there you're, doing You're stuff. doing it. Sorry, mate. Sorry, mate. Steve, you're up. Yeah. It's your time to shine, oh, son. And maybe, I don't know. I don't, um, that's something... I know we're just rambling on that, yeah. but that's definitely something that... I mean, we've had about three perfect finishes, we and have. then we've, we've and fucked them up. I've fucked them up. You can just no, cut it off. No, we both have. I was then like, and then this guy danced in front of me. <laughs> Wicked, that classic memory of that guy that danced in front of you, and you said a mildly half-funny remark that, that you haven't even improved in the telling of the story. You could have rewritten and um, beefed up, fuck's sake. I don't know what I was going to say. That's probably a good, <laughs> good point. What was I going to fucking say? Oh, um... <laughs> Yeah, no. Nah, this is no. like our gigs now. Fuck it. Oh, God, the amount of times, <laughs> the amount of times I'd, like, you would cut me off, and for a moment I'd feel offended. And then I'd go, I have just been talking about vaginas for about seven minutes. I'd always try to not cut off. I'd, I'd always try and just give you the space to come to your natural ending, but then yeah. every now and then it'd be like, 
I don't think this has got a natural ending. This has gone so unnatural as a topic, there's not going to be a natural ending. So it's, every now and then... I'm, you know what? I, it was really funny. I explained <laughs> how to make a girl orgasm mm. with your fingers. Yeah. Like, explained the, the curve of the female yeah. body and where to put pressure. And I did it on stage. And uh, it was just funny. It was just funny. It worked. But then... It was at the time that we were proudly declaring our very righteous and beautiful and positive and shared song, Get Better, to be an anthem for fingering. An anthem for fingering, yeah. But then uh, we did a gig a few weeks later, and this girl came up to me. She gave me the most fucking tender kiss on the cheek. And, like, not to be crude, but, like, so tender that I was instantly hard. And I was hard for at least an hour later. I mean, you said not to be crude, but go on. But, yeah, that was crude. (laughs) And, like, she just whispered thank you and wandered off. And I was like, what a weird day. And then a fella came up and explained. Rich ruined it, because at that moment, it was just thank you for being alive, you beautiful man. But now he explained it, and he's like... (laughs) It was brilliant, right? Talking the ways of the Jedi. It was was amazing, but he didn't warn me that she was going to squirt. And I was like... Why? That's crude. Why would I put that bit in? Well, there we go on that bombshell. Um, <laughs> thank you very much. It's been a good, it's a good, good chat. Man. And they said you. it flies by, man. And we it could does. go for fucking hours, but um, we'd bore them, and we'd both get even cruder. So oh, we would, we've got man. a good we point would. to end it on. But yeah, the new album is out next <coughs> n- next week. A week today. Yeah, I don't know when we are in time, but yeah, June eighth. So this is June. F- first that's a wednesday right june first is a wednesday is it not it's not is it fuck knows man might be june 2nd it's the well, 23rd today there you go we did this in the past just for it know, yeah. yeah june History. 8th cherished overthrown on band camp thank you very much for listening ladies and gentlemen let's do that. this that was a good plug yeah you did it smash Bye. it There we go. That would that's a hundred in the bag, guys. A hundred and done. Um, but we're going to do more, obviously. I'm actually at the moment. I'm struggling a bit with getting the time to get the guests in. Um, so, so normally, when we do the uh, not anything bad, I had a, a, a fair few who have been lined up and then have got busy and about to postpone. So that's all it is. Some really good ones, though. I'll, I'll tell you some from Michaela Cole, who's amazing. Frankie Boyle, who else? Organising to line up with uh, Colin Murray. Uh, we're lining that one up. There's tons. Um, hang on, let me let me get my my phone out so I can be more articulate and tell you who we've got lined up and in the coming weeks. But again, it's all it's timing, man. It's not easy to fit these things in. Podcast order. Bam, bam, bam. So yes, Zoe Ashton still being lined up. We need to find the time. Chanel Creswell, Lauren Laverne, Mayanna Burin. So some wonderful, amazing women are, are really coming up. As well as, as said, people like Frankie Boyle, Thomas Turgus, numerous great people. That is all to come soon. Oh, actually, a lot of you keep asking. And we've been lining it up for ages and it will happen 
eventually, but Mr. Joseph Gilgan is going to be on at some point. We've discussed it. We've 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 lined it up and then cancelled and gone back and forth. But he's coming. Don't worry. And he's smashing it in the preacher. So I can't wait to, to talk to the boy and catch up again. There we go. I, uh, uh, yeah. Oh, this is the is the outro, isn't it? I recorded these all in one go, and I suddenly forgot if I'm doing an intro or an outro. I'm doing an outro of part two. I think I'm doing an outro of part two of the hundredth episode. If this is the intro still, then a buddy piece who puts these together just cut from here and I'll go, all right, well, that was 100 episodes. Thank you. Bye. Um, Yeah, but thank you all so much for tuning in and spreading the words. I hope this keeps growing and growing and growing. It's amazing where it's got to now. Big love to to Wolgie Warren Borg, who started off producing it with me, and then to buddy piece who's taken over. Um... To, to Amy and Lola who do the who ma- who made the outro music the little girl on there is my goddaughter Lola and the appalling musical skills I believe is Amy so yeah thank you all very much for tuning in 100 down and we ain't even close to stopping Distraction Pieces podcast on the Distraction Pieces network we out